0: listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. We're free alive. It's going to Welcome to the Banana
1: Bread and Circus
0: Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at.
1: We're looking at the reset.
0: Yeah, it's uh, we're going to be fine, ladies and gentlemen.
1: So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the
0: space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values
1: and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose. And think for yourself.
0: Small amounts are fun. You, know, you can you can mess with people. You can mess with yourself. You know, like that bar game where you know, like, but yeah. Electricity is not something to mess around with. Yeah, being outside while it's thundering, and it's like you can feel it right above you, and like you were saying, it's like almost the air goes so dense that it pulls. You can feel it like that rise, yeah. yeah. The low low pressure, the pressure comes in, and the air goes up. Yeah, it's like then you can kind of almost feel like a little static in the air too. (laughs) There was one time. uh, Well, both these stories involve my buddy Eric, who I mentioned to you. Want to introduce you guys because. There's certain parallels of each other that remind me of each other and I think you guys would get along. But uh so when we were like nine if if you remember those old nerf swords, they were like fencing swords and like on the on the handguard it had four little uh you know, paddles that would flip down and you know, whoever got the other person's paddles down won the fencing match. Was stupid, but fun. So, we're, you know, it's weather like this, you know, clearly as an adult you'd be like, yeah, there's a thunderstorm rolling in, but you know, we're nine years old and we're like, yeah, it's gonna rain probably. It's getting dark. Out on his front lawn 40 feet away from the front door, just fencing with these things and boom, like the bolt couldn't have been, the bolt was closer to us than his front door. And we just stopped and Shit. we looked at each other and we looked like where it had just happened, like, cause neither of us were looking at it when it happened, but it was so close that both of us saw it out of the corner of our, uh, corners of our eyes and we're just like we just dropped those fucking things and ran inside like "Mm -hmm." dude that's fucking intense when you're that young oh yeah like like all like the hair it was close enough that what little hair we had on our bodies back then just like just like stood out and then like like inside and then yeah dude you can still hear it oh yeah it's like right there. I love thunder, dude. And then my uh, the other time was uh, it was also at his place. He and my other buddy at the time, they were hanging out, and then I showed up, and we were probably 14 at this point. And uh, like, hey, you gotta go into the kitchen and 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 grab the the handle of the refrigerator and the the ball chain on the ceiling fan at the same time. I'm like, "Why?" They're like, "Just do it." I'm like, "No, why?" Just do it. You know, and finally after like an hour, they're like, "Oh, you'll you'll get zapped." Like, it's bad <laughs> wiring. And I'm like and I'm like, "No, I'm not doing that." And then like 2 hours of them just like every 5 minutes just like, "You should go do that." Uh, but finally, I was like, "Fine, if it'll shut you guys up, I'll go do it." So I walked into the kitchen, and they're just like, they're they're standing outside of the kitchen because they don't know what I'm going to do once I get zapped, and they're just like, you know, wide eyed, just like, ah, bated breath, and I like watching them, like making eye contact with them. I look over the the fridge handle, I'm like grab that, and like looking up the ball chain on you the ceiling fan, was like, it's better shot to fucking, fucking, I guys, what, uh, what, what does friend mean? I'm like, I'm like slowly reaching up to the ball chain, just like, like tighten my grip around it, and it's weird because like when you know you're gonna get shocked, there's always like a slight delay, like it seems like a delay anyway. It's, mm-hmm. it's never. Like you know, like it's like right,, huh? so it's a pulsation, it's- right, exactly, yeah. so, and so I grabbed it, and I'm like, this is not, <gasps> and the circuit oh, i shit. felt I felt the circuit go through one arm and the other at the same time, oh my God, when Dude, you can, can't people die that way because it crosses through your heart, um, you I mean your cardio. Yeah, if, if you're old and you have, you know, weak heart or, a, you know, right. a pacemaker or something, definitely. For sure, if you have a pacemaker. Yeah. But, but, I mean. I always thought, like, as you say, though, the, the, you create a conduit for it to pass through. Fourteen-year-olds never had heart attacks before two years ago. <sighs> Gosh, the trust. Fucking fourteen years old having heart attacks? Oh, yeah, because of myocarditis. The fucking vaccines. Oh, boy. Oh, not cool. I definitely smelled something was up when it was like this. Oh, dude, this turned shit. Turned into like a mandated thing. And but anyway, I I felt that circuit fucking connect right in my fucking balls. Just like. Dude. You, yeah. Oh. Like channel. Boom. And like my knees buckled and I just dropped. I hear them laughing. And
1: Fuckers? I'm, like, I'm laughing at this Jesus point. I'm like, Christ. yeah, this is funny.
0: You Fuck. <laughs> Well, good thing it was your balls that got the most of it, not your fucking ticker there. But back to what you said, you smelled something funny. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of things funny going on, dude. Oh, yeah. Lots of shady shit. Stuff. We're, we're living in the land of fucking tyranny. Yeah. It's getting scary. Like Warren Zevon said, land of the free and the home... No, land of the brave and the home of the free, where the less you know, the better off you'll be. That's a fucking motto? No, it's a lyric. Oh. Yeah. I didn't or, I didn't Warren, Warren that. Zivon, like, werewolves of London, friends of Hunter, like, really good friends of Hunter S. Thompson. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, he was a wild card. <clears throat> he used to hunt cockroaches in his house with a 44 Magnum. <laughs> Actually, apartment. <laughs> it was an apartment. Wow. That's. Wow. But he's got some great songs. It's I... A little bit too much firepower for that. I. Well, no. No, not necessarily. You... you never have to shoot it twice. Well, that's for if damn sure. Him. If you have him. him. Yeah. It's good target practice. Damn straight. I've tried shooting flies before. It's hard. Mm. Yeah. You want to let them land because otherwise. You're a giant firearms hazard. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be shooting flies that are actually flying. Yeah. Just to be clear, I'm not advocating that. You don't don't do shoot, that. Don't shoot flies. the FAA. There will be problems. Gotcha. You don't want to be shooting towards anything but a target. No, practice with God, darts. Damn it. Darts. Use darts to hit those flies. Or Just the, airsoft really gun or whatever. Yeah. yeah, totally. There's ways. Yeah, but dude, getting zapped, man, that shit fucking, that shit stings. Because it's like, it's a different type of pain. It hits a nerve that's like all of your nerves in a way. It's like, whoa, like that electric. Oh, yeah, well, it's it's, it's it's hard to describe. It's a nervous override. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I'm out with the fence, and sometimes I've I've done this a few times, but like leaped over it. Thank God, not stepped over it. With it still on, because I'm petrified that I'm going to end up doing that. Because I, I, my, that's my new routine. I'm lazy as fuck now. Yeah. I just make sure I turn it off, step over it, one leg after the other, and then in through the next set of chicken wire fence and stuff. Have you ever pissed? I will on the not. Fence? I will not do that. No. <laughs> you owe it to yourself. There's no fucking way am I pissing on it. My dad made me when I was seven, and. I feel like I'm a better person today because of it. Glad you, I'm glad you got a lot out of pissing on a fence. <laughs> I will not do that. No. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, well, when you're a kid, it's like you can take it for the most part. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, everything's exciting. Yeah. When you're a kid, it, it just blends into the, the st- rest of the day. The it's, not a, it's not a highlight. No, definitely not. It's never a highlight. I'll I'll typically get shocked accidentally when I'm like, when I used to use my my step ladder Mm -hmm. with
1: it, like a metal ladder. Oh, yeah. And like, again, as you're saying, there's like a delay. Like, I got it in there. I got it in place, backed up, and then I stepped on the ladder and that was like, it's
0: next. That AC is... Yeah, was probably by... Yeah, it had circled through at least three or four times before I touched it again and got like zapped. And And when when I was like, I just... Like, you know it immediately, obviously. Have you ever heard you know a fence an electric fence usually like a you know more high powered like cow fence but when like yeah i've it's, been shocked by those too but when it's got something like leaning against it that's grounded and mm. you you can hear like it losing charge mm-hmm. at that ground the tick is right the at the tick, site yeah. that tick is that current that, yeah that's the exactly all, yeah that's the rate of that current that you're hearing totally yeah because you hear it as soon as you get shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like this That's, That tick, 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 tick. Ah. Well, it's like that, you know It reminds me of that fucking scene In this movie Well, pitter-patter, let's oh. get at her not, not that movie, sorry That's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh, we never hit our kids. oh, not that one either Oh, I don't remember how scary you were No, what'd you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah Nothing Nothing, huh? I would relax it would sit on my ass all day. Okay. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do shit. <laughs> True story. Um. Oh, my God. Gotta love office space. But when he's walking into the office and that morning, he's like, ah. Hey, you fucking door handle. As soon as he taps it, it's like that tick. Yep. You can hear the tick. You can feel the tick. You can see it. But the, but static isn't AC though. Oh okay, statics DC. Interesting. I don't know. You said you didn't know a lot about electricity. But look at you. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm that. pretty sure statics DC because statics just resting there until and something DC, comes what is DC standpoint. Direct current. Ah. There's alternating current and direct current. Okay. And and then there's the band. But if you speak Australian, it's actually the band is actually pronounced Akadaka. Interesting. <laughs> it reminds me of something out of like Team America. Uh, they took a left on the Bakalaka Daka Street. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's my I totally remember that. The Bakalakadaka. Or the Mur- or the Hop Sherpa Sherpa. A bakala. I'm not going to fuck your mouth, Gary. <laughs> it's a good impression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. So, yeah, rough day at work today or just like... No, the just, had just to... long, you yeah. know, body's feeling it. You know? Yeah. been uh been a long couple weeks and it's okay, but yeah, worked Saturday and Sunday this past week, so I hmm. haven't had a day off since our little vacation, which is what it is. Still making up for that. Getting back to the grind is always tough. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude, I hear that. And in the last episode that we were together, um, I had to actually cut you off in regards ah. to one of our highlights around uh I was bored. Uh no, I know you weren't. We were also a little bit pressed for time, so I was trying to As we kinda are tonight, I guess, ish. Yeah. Not, not really, but Yeah, I have till yeah, half past. See? Yeah. Twenty past. Where yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Um this is our but uh, your favorite si- one of your favorite scenes from Monty Python or the Holy Grail oh, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were doing, yeah, mentioned that. Uh, so the scene where they're they're doing Knights of the Round Table <Geneva> and up, uh, <McCoogy> you know, it's like a little musical scene, and uh, upstairs all the knights are dancing around and just having a blast and kicking stuff off tables and people in the face and, you know, and then it cuts to the dungeon just for just for a second and there's a guy hanging on a wall by his wrists but he's smiling and clapping to the beat. He's just like, <laughs> right. It's the only thing he can do in shackles. Yeah, literally hanging from his wrist. It reminds me of what that last song was, in a way, from uh, Wife of Brian" that we played. It, I in just, the middle of it, it was uh like, but they're like on the crucifix, and they're still whistling and having <laughs> a ball. And the guy, likewise, you know, when they made Holy Grail in that scene, I feel like that was like, in a way, like that was part of that attitude coming out i feel like do you know what in in what order they made those movies which one was first second the third yeah i think yeah holy grail was one of the first it was definitely the second Oh, okay. yeah if um, it was pretty polished compared. i think it was like right in terms of yeah like the 60s their work then with flying circus, yeah, it definitely had a little higher production value, I think, but maybe yeah. not. I I mean, well, yeah, no, I, I definitely got that. Like, I got what you mean. And meaning of life, they like took it to a whole new level with like how they were able to like capture all these specific scenes and like you know from the classroom to the church to the like. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? The delivery you? space. You how know? old were you when you first got into Monty Python? Um. Uh, Not young. Like, it's been lately. It's been my adult years. Well, because I know... Such a big... It's it's a vast world for such a small part of it. I knew my dad was into it a Uh, little bit, you know? But I wasn't really at the age that I could, like... Understand and appreciate. Get an appreciation, gain an appreciation for that kind of humor that early on. Yeah, it's like some of it's super dry and some of it's slapstick and like the slapstick plays with kids, but you know, like, but it's really, it's really uh, well thought out though. Like, so it's like, you don't really have that conceptual muscle built up at that point when you're like, you know, six or seven or I remember I, I was introduced to office space at like 13 and then I had an appreciation for that type of thing, especially that last clip that we just heard. That was like two chicks at the same time. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, type of chick that's double down on a guy like me, I figure you would, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fucking such a great character. Yeah. And then it's just the whole, like, the case of the Mondays thing, and just Hell Lawrence no. it, Lawrence in general. No, he had man. such a... Hell no. <laughs> hey, Peter, man, turn on Channel 8. some titties. <laughs> Check out this chick. Jack- <laughs> hey, doesn't that chick look like Ann? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I kinda. Hey, I ain't seen Ann come around much lately. How you guys doing? Oh, I don't know. I think she's cheating on me. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I get that feeling too. <laughs> oh, shit, don't no, don't listen to me, man. I, I'm I'm drunk as shit. I don't know what I'm saying. Sometimes I look at her and just. Uh, (laughs) like oh man Uh, it's so funny yeah it's good shit man Mike Judge is fucking brilliant Yeah, and the reason why we talk about comedy on this show is because it's a great process for an attempt to deal with you know the day to day the the year-to-year, the, you know, yada-yada. It's just, if you can't laugh, then you're missing out on a lot in life. Yeah, I agree. I think people just need to learn a new sense of humor. Well, that's not funny. That's offensive. Jesus. Right? It, it, what? Whatever happened to the fucking song, or, it's not even a song, it's a limerick, or whatever, you know. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Or, right. you know, whatever it is. Like, it's like, yeah, like, I haven't had to sing that since I was six, because it sunk the fuck in, and I wasn't stuck on stupid. Like, just, like, what the fuck is going on with, you know, like, ah. I'm triggered. This is my truth. I need to save space. Ah, Like, (laughs) and, and, and these people are (laughs) raising fucking children. Most of them. Like, like what's that, what's that going to fucking look like in 20 years? Right. Or 30 years. Like fucking terrifying. In In an era where social bullying has converted to cyber bullying and now you have like people hiding behind screens more or less to basically inflict emotion real it's a real emotional pain that sure, people go through. Sure, absolutely. But there's no resilience. Like there's not an outer layer. Everyone's but so they've also been right. They've been right? conditioned to go through that process. Yeah. You know, like Pavlov's dog. Exactly. It's like, oh, you see something on your phone, all of a sudden it's like You know, something is going to start crying off your body. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so, like, yeah, you, uh. I know what you mean. It's so frustrating. And if I wasn't quite as tired, I'd be a little more eloquent. And I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. No, dude, you're fine. You're right on, in fact. I, I can fully appreciate the frustrations. Because I feel like... It's a, it's a way for people to say, oh, we can't talk about that, so we can't talk about anything. It's like, if anything's important, then you have to be able to talk about it. And if you can't, then there's the first problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Like, open discourse, open dialogue, and the ability to get, you know, rational thoughts out in, you know, uh, you know, concise manner. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, then we got a huge problem. Yeah. Huge. Uh, In terms of just not taking things too seriously all the time, right? Well, also progress, humanity, uh, civilization, the ability to get along, the ability to you know, convey thoughts to others, you know, without seeming like a threat. Because, you know, just like an Idiocracy, and, you know, uh, sorry people, but I'm quoting a movie here. When they spoke, Joe understood them fine. But when he spoke, he sounded pompous and faggy. You know, it's like they couldn't understand him you know like cuz he's actually like speaking full sentences and that's where we're going is like people already have a hard time fucking reading and now we're getting to the point where they're having a hard time having an attention span that can listen to a full fucking sentence and retain it like <sighs> I'm yeah like, I, i'm not saying i'm hopeless but no no you're not God you're damn. you're speaking a A different level of truth that you're. It's dark. That you can observe actually in reality right now. Like it's it's an actual thing that's happening. Yeah, this is real time. The lack of. um, I think in a way it comes down to like giving yourself the benefit of the doubt and presuming that you yourself are competent enough to, you know, be worthy of receiving the information. Like. Digesting it, interpreting it, and then, you know, like what um, most artists do is you're 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 observing, interpreting, and then reporting what you're doing. And that's typically something that MJK will say a, a lot of the times too in his process. He he takes it in because you're not. It is emotional stuff, like, and that's kind of the meat and potatoes of the, the thing. thing. That's the thing, though, is once you once you break, <clears throat> you know interpretation is a slippery slope, you know, because you're not necessarily reporting on what you're, just what you're seeing. You're adding your spin to it, you know, that. Sometimes it can take years to develop that interpretation. And, and interpretation isn't always the best thing, you know, you, sometimes you have to, you know, Think about what you just saw, and then figure out what that means. Right. I think that's all and, embedded too. Yeah. Right. Because if, if you're gonna if you're gonna deliver something, like report on something, you're gonna do that. If you if you're doing it with heart, you got soul and merit. You're not gonna do it so quickly. I guess what I'm saying is with with too much interpretation you can't be unbiased if that makes sense you right i think i know you what can't you can't have an unbiased objective clear view of what you just saw you know if if you're over that handling, there will always be some sort of so, some uh sort of sense of uh, subjectivity to what you're doing right like you can yeah. I know what you mean. With with our minds, like we can we can read into anything forever. You know, mm-hmm. like look at some of the shit that certain people are obsessed with, you know, like compulsive obsession. You know? And yeah. It's like Yeah, with our minds it's really easy to like get wrapped around something right. and just like spun in. And in a way it's like Me, I draw the line with just by proclaiming and empowering ourselves as individuals as artists. Because when you're an artist, you're not going to feed, you're typically, you're going to know the difference between true art and a compulsion. And I think as an artist, in my experience as an artist, that's the wrestling match. That's the battle. It's procrastination and Deviation and uh, plenty of opportunity to just fuck off because doing the work is it's real work. like yeah. you have to actually do the work to come up with a finished product, and so that process of interpreting is all within the creative process itself, the five stages, I think, where you have observation, uh, saturation you get obsessed with it and get really into it, whether it's for weeks or months or days, whatever that is, everyone's different. Then incubation sets in. And like a mother rest nesting on her on her you fertilized on egg. It. Yeah. Like like a hen nesting on her fertilized egg, she waits calmly and patiently and sometimes, you know, Will go through a whole process of sacrifice in and of itself just through that alone. And sometimes it can look like just letting go and just stepping back and looking at the bigger picture. It can take all sorts of forms. And that's at the point in my book and my story that I deliver this idea of, um, this sort of Taoist principle of Wu Wei, uh, into the mix because it is that part of ourselves that can just do things without straining so much and like trying to force things to happen and like getting frustrated that things aren't happening the way that it should or whatever that is and then it's just like no eventually you're going to need to yield to nature because nature is the force whose forces we're working with ultimately you know that electrical current the fucking gravitational pull the fucking water that are flooding houses right now it's yeah. like, like like the natives used to say it's like or still do, hopefully. Like, the land doesn't belong to us. We belong to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, There's yeah. no escaping this truth. And then you get into, like, the whole, oh, you know, we're in the age of, you know, whatever, Aquarius and blah, blah, blah. You, you mean our computers can't save us? No? Right. Are you sure? Right. It's Are like, you sure? Oh, I think yeah. we, I think we have the solution to that. I think I read it in a magazine. Well, it's funny, like, all of our computers, you know, they run off of, you know, these minerals, quartz, gold, cadmium, withium, cobalt, uh, you know, silver, silica, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, I guess even, even through the course of, like, okay, we came up from the dirt and we go back to dirt, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we started as a species coming out of that dirt over there and we're ending as a species going into, you know, these, you know, microchips made of what will once be dirt. Hmm. So. Well, dude, yeah, it's all cycles. It's all about cycles. Yeah. And we're part of a much, much larger cycle oh, yeah. within another cycle within another cycle. And I think that's the infinite. So much hidden history that. Dude. And just like to me, the, like stepping that process. So I should probably finish my point about the creative process is like, that's just the third step. Because the fourth is from uh, incubation. We come into. um Motherfucker. What is it? I'm sorry, man. No, 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 you're fine. I actually, I have it in my book. It's right, it's right here. I could just look it up. But I don't want to have to do that, because I actually studied this. and I should know this. I'm sorry. Well, that's why you wrote a book, too, so that you didn't have to actually, like, have to access. You know, it's funny, it's funny you say that, because... That is part of actually why I did this, because it was part of something I could kind of just put away for now and move on to other things. That's a hard drive that you made, you know? Mm, I like that way of thinking. Yeah, for sure. You made it, though. Illumination. That is so fucking ironic (laughs) that I couldn't remember... The 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 word illumination in the process. All right. Q Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh by golly. Oh. And then the last is implementation. So we wait we we, we we nest on our egg, wait for it to hatch. Nature is taking its course. And, you know, once it by the time it hatches and we can't control when it hatches, a lot of the times it's like lightning in a bottle type shit. You come up with a brilliant idea or wake up in the middle of the night with the greatest solution to your problem. Usually, when the mind is empty, this is why I talk about Wu oh, Wei, yeah. is because got be, to be in that that state, that that wavelength, mm-hmm. you know? yeah, yeah. And I think that's what comedy can provide. Like, I think comedy is a way of emptying the mind. It's and it's an escape valve. Like, if because if we were to continue to take things more exponentially seriously over time, you know you could translate that to some sort of crazy math. This is theoretically I'm talking. I'm not like a physicist or anything, but you could theoretically take whatever basically approximate or value out your variables and plug them in to an equation that basically translates to an exponential curve further and further away from It's almost like you know, like the more serious and serious life gets, the fucking suckier it gets because our sense of humor is okay. up, is, is being repelled. Oh, fine. So our sense of humor is really our honest human like ability to just fucking laugh about things and just let things be what they're gonna be. Our ability to make a tough situation or a shitty situation less heavy because you're able to laugh about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. and Yeah, I know. I'm, like, shouting. I'm, like, saying it as if I'm, like, arguing. <laughs> but no, obviously, yeah. Like, this is... I think... Levity would make the situation better. For however he said it. <laughs> I don't want to have to watch it. Well, another thing I mentioned, or heard, was that it was, like, the Monty Python guys that were also part of the production of uh, Princess Bride, really? Apparently, yeah. What? Well, it, I guess it had. I heard this from a friend, so I'm not gonna like go into detail or quote anything, but I heard that part of some of the production team, similar to fish named Wanda, w- went on to like produce or maybe at the very least fund and was an influence on. Princess Bride, which kind of makes sense. Like when I look back, because I I did the humor in it. I watched that dry. growing up. Yeah. I I wasn't into. I didn't get into Monty Python because I didn't have friends that were into it as much. By the time my generation totally, went totally, like we're, we're you and I are like half a generation so apart. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It was kind of it was kind of bleeding out of mainstream when I was, you know, like I think I saw Life of Brian when I was like six and then I saw Holy Grail when I was like eight and because it was you know like knights and swords and shit it was entertaining enough that I was able to you know keep interested in it enough to be able to try and interpret like what I thought were jokes but it's so fucking dry that you know like children a dry sense of humor like a lot of adults don't even understand dry humor. So like for a child to uh, you, you almost doesn't happen, you know, and if it does, like that kid's gonna be an asshole when they're older. So but uh yeah, like the the slapstick stuff, like I was saying earlier, you know, slapstick, you know, kids kids can laugh at slapstick all day. Everybody can appreciate something about that. But then they also had, you know, their prop humor and their dry humor and their dark humor, and then all wrapped up in with British humor, which is all of those already anyway. So yeah, like they were years ahead of decades ahead of their time. That's what it seems, for sure. Which is why I think more young people should be introduced to it. My brother mentioned that the only reason he knows about Monty Python is because he had a teacher that would play it, similar to you, even who watched. What did you watch? The fish Wanda movie? The fish called Wanda. Yeah. Fish named Wanda. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. One of those two. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Paraphrasing. No, no, no. Um, Yeah. Anyway. um, But like in schools, like, Part of me also, like, I sympathize with teachers who have to go through what they have to go through with this crowd of generational crazy and, and all of that happening. But, and, and, you know, the advocacy stuff and there's all kinds of like union coalitions that work to fight and get a better wage. Like that's all really, that really, like, I'm honestly, I want to validate that like big time. But I also think, like, we could be doing a better job, in a way, um, and not fixating on the bureaucracy so much. I think the bureaucracy, bureaucracy is gets in the way. The bureaucracy is there to slow progress. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what we're seeing right now is not progress either. You know, like. I know, and and, anyone's just throwing the word "progress" around as if it's like, oh, well, well, you have a moving, you have a clock that goes in circles. Sure, it used to be a linear (laughs) word. It used to actually mean what it sounds like. You know, if you break it down to its fucking Latin roots, it actually used to mean that. Interesting. Now, like, we live in the fucking upside down. Like, you know, shit doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean anymore. So, yeah, progress has been like mostly by the progressives who are actually trying to take things backwards and just it's just a power struggle well they want they want to hand over like all their freedoms, all their liberties, all their rights, and we're the fascists if we say no, right well, that's, that's always, what I'm saying that's it's always like everything's fucking inverted. Dude, it's fucked up. I know. That's kind of like the cycle, though. It's like we surrender our freedom for the sake of democracy. Fuck that. And in the in return, we lose it so much that. And Mike Maloney didn't necessarily call it like that. Like he, I'm saying he called it as in like he's literally predicting the fucking future. And it's amazing because he uses a reference for a 500 year pendulum, approximately that shifts from East to West and it's, it's prosperity and innovation that, that is moving from East to West every 500 years. Well, it's because we've been testing all this social credit score, this ESG bullshit, you know, all the, the AI programs, the facial recognition, the, you know, digital currencies. We've been testing a lot of this stuff in places like china where they have already a totalitarian government in place Mm -hmm. and now it's going worldwide i could see how that's the structure of how whatever call it the powers that be the elite whatever and that's why they call so many different things but um the idea that you have a controlling entity or at least some entity that whether it's a body of people or whether it's an individual, it doesn't matter. But to me, these principles of nature, like, that's part of that muscle to, like, the urge to control it, in a way. And it's folly. It's futile. And now, now fucking, as of, like, yesterday, it's been released that NSA, CIA, like, all the intelligence agencies have been buying with our tax dollars our personal information from data harvesters because they can't legally get it from us. And so it's easier for them to just waste our tax dollars to Mm. circumvent legality and get it from... So basically, that is the exact definition of fucking fascism right there is when government and corporations... Start mm. to work together against the people, mm. that's fucking fascism, and here we are, folks, like yeah this is what a lot of you wanted, and so this is what you're getting well, that's just it, right, because when you give people I think it's just too much radicalism, the right to radicalism thing things just get way out of hand because you vote for something just. Anything else. No, we hate that. Give us something different. No, that's how you push people to extremes and divide them. Absolutely. When you only have two fucking choices. Maybe that's what happens when you have elections every four years. How about we have have elections every time the person that we fucking pay to do that job isn't doing their fucking job? There you go. How about that? How about that? (laughs) I like that. Yeah, well, we've forgotten. Some countries do that. Well dude, it's funny you say that because we that actually would be closer we had to a, a democracy than we've ever been. In our at our organization we had a shift in in leadership and it's all been part of this two week weird cycle of fucking weird call it whatever you want, progress, uh stress, intensity. More. Oh my god, pick your fucking pharmaceutical like root of your whatever lexicon Indo- you're using. How about indoctrinated cultural Marxism? Has that hit the nail on any sort of head? I don't know. It's all of it, I all lumped know. into one. I, I don't think. Know. Again, I think. <laughs> I think it's just. Again, it's like a ball of energy that's condensing more and more. And I think it's just there are periods of time lately where it's contracting. No, they're trying to push people to a breaking point where and, nobody's looking outward. They're all looking at each other, and it's like, you know. well, yeah. And there's also I want to also be very clear that it could also be the way that the stars move and interact, these celestial bodies, because, like, let me give you an example. The uh, sunspots Hmm. and electromagnetic activity from the sun in our solar system. uh, If we're in a solar system that only has one. And... Yeah, who who knows what that is? But whatever, whatever the Darks, celestial the body, dark I think it's not all fixed. It's not all like it's not like in the Bible when no shit, whatever. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Book of Genesis or whatever that is. I, I don't know which book is it. It doesn't matter. A lot of stuff for, isn't like what it is in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Clear. A lot of stuff the, should be, but and but I'm, not, so, I'm not, I'm not pro or anti. But blah blah blah. Yeah, don't worry. Unfortunately, it's called the gospel, and you shouldn't take it on gospel. Unfortunately, you shouldn't take anything as gospel, right? You know, like so, but like sunspots and electromagnetic magnetism, our social behavior is correlated with the waves that uh, you're measuring that data with. And what would it mean? Just, just a you know, thought exercise for a second, what would it mean? If there was a dark sun out there, dude, I wouldn't put it past dark matter. Okay, dark matter. No, 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 no. Dark sun. Big difference. Big difference. Like a black hole. No. Like an. No. Like a fucking second sun. Most most solar systems are binary solar systems, meaning they have two suns. We're one of the anomalies. We only supposedly have one sun. Ah. But Holy shit, but here's the thing is there's a lot of things about how our solar system works that we can't explain in regards to a solitary huh solar system, interesting, and that's kind of the beauty of it though, right? Like maybe we're not meant to know the answer. no, what I'm saying is there's it's known it's known it's but being it's hidden. Yes, it's hidden because I can see that argument okay. Yeah. Look at it, look at it this way. All those people out there that you know, like, oh, uh, I'm an Aquarius. I'm a this. I'm a that. You know, like <laughs> I, I follow my shit and I I know my stars. I can do your chart and I can tell you exactly everything. You can do my chart. You. Can you do I my can chart? Do everything please? about you. And I, I, I do my. I, I, I almost read my, already Read the palm of my hand. I almost already know it. And <laughs> <laughs> they're first of all, they're working off of a fucking calendar that's less than two thousand years old. Secondly. If we are working in a system, a solar system, more like Tycho Brahe's solar system rather than, you know, NASA's solar system. And this is all hypothetical, but still, it's a good thought exercise. Yeah, I like I like entertaining this very questioning. And if that it knowledge is. is known about and has been coveted by the ruling class for the last, say, two to 15,000 years, mm-hmm. they've oh. been coveting it. They keep that knowledge away from us, so we can't fucking accurately read the stars anymore. But they can. This Mm. is not impossible. And yes, I know I said that wrong. (laughs) You meant to do that, I know. I I caught on to that. But yeah, dude, right? Isn't that... That's kind of one of those things that you you could never actually you could you could never actually prove but the idea is that the fact that yeah the fact that yeah no but like even then just knowing that that's a possibility and that there's something else like these things are not written in stone including our philosophies inclu- not even just the the physics or the geography of what this thing is this sphere in the darkness that's being basically guided by a flashlight that we're revolving around over time, just to, and 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 that you could take that anyway, you could spin that however you want to. That maybe wake up when it's daytime out and start doing stuff, yeah. and applying yourself, right, right. Like none of this, like like blind it off and and stay in the dark all the time because we're we're I, there's I a time to be in the darkness and, and then there's times to be in the light. And you know, I have a I have a Peloton, I. I don't really have to leave ever. It's like that's exactly what they want. And and I guess there's a there's there's one it's one thing to have a vacation from all the right and or the madness. A, but a, staycations. It's a whole other thing. Vacations are awesome. I that too. No, know. dude, whatever whatever that is, but it's like that monastic <laughs> that's like the monastic like part of ourselves that wants that kind of like retreat to find that balance and that contrast in our lives. So there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is People who are, it's almost like self-inflicting themselves with this depression, the chemistry that creates depression. And, and, oh, dude, I'm so glad we're talking about this because to wrap it up, I would love to first off just mention something that's been on my mind for a while regarding, talk about data and correlation. It's not suicide, is it? I'm dude, kidding. i no, this is this is, dude. This is our Jesus last podcast. Chris. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. I've <laughs> I've just had enough. I just can't wait to fucking be done with it all. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love I love the process of all of it. Um, the struggle is the journey, and vice yeah, versa. It's you know? just it's, it's like one aspect of yeah. a, a cog in a fucking intensely big, and well, just gargantuan kaleidoscopic experience yeah the only thing that you shouldn't do is give up you know
1: up until now you've heard me talk quite a bit about my book cognitive liberty available for sale at select retailers including amazon and itunes it's a book about our collective cognitive distortion how we've essentially self-sabotaged our growth through perpetual states of stress and anxiety My book is a philosophical narrative about autism and the evolution of consciousness in an ecological context, reflecting on our imperative need to free our minds from a neurocentric view of intelligence and embrace the emotional dimensions that guide our lives. It's about questioning our traditional sense of intelligence as it explores the symptoms of modern culture as a parallel version of autism, where life and experience are trapped exclusively inside the head you can learn more by purchasing a book in the description below or by subscribing to my podcast, Cognitive Liberty, where I break down why I wrote the book and how it relates to the time of extremes we're going through today. Thank you for your support.
0: Yeah. It's like that's, You know, that's funny you say that because that's the one thing going through Goddard that they teach you. The only way you can fail is if you quit. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's why that whole like no grade thing, I was I was definitely into that. Like As long as I stuck with it, I was going to be okay and I was going to make it, and it was great. I learned a lot. Anyway, what I wanted to mention, though, so depression. Okay, so they did a survey. They is in, like, these social scientists, we'll call them. Um, And this guy, he wrote about it. I, I can't mention the book right now because I don't have it handy. I didn't write it down. I'll have to actually physically go in and trace where I heard this on a podcast called Hidden Forces. I forget uh, which episode. I've actually uh Sam Triple's had them on a couple of times of word that's yeah. cool in nin- in the nineties they surveyed people in general urban areas cities um you know areas of of high density populations fifties did you say in the nineties nineties yeah they took they took census data. And what they found out, they asked, one of the primary reasons for taking it was to find out how many like close relationships people have in their lives. Like, how many close friends do you have? Just, like, ballpark number. A lot of the, the average number for that question was around five in 1999. They took that same, ran that same census in 2020 or 20, no, recently, like like in the 20 teens, like 2016, 2015, I believe, I believe it's like fast forward 10, 15 years later, take the same data and the average number zero Yeah, because everybody's, you know, everybody's social life is majorly online now you know? and what, yeah. And what they found was that there was a correlation with friendships close relationships and depression so if you if you have friends in your life you're less likely to be depressed the less friends you have in your life the more likely you are to be depressed meanwhile what we're doing we they ignored the data they've been ignoring the data and by they i mean the pharmaceutical industry the mental health industry. I don't hospitals. think they ignored it. I think they knew the data and they did the exact opposite a lot of the time. You know, they're trying, very well could be. They're trying to induce yeah. a fucking nationwide fucking psych ward. Basically, it's well again. It kind of goes back to bureaucracy. I actually I can announce on this podcast an MK Ultra experiment. Yeah, i I was recently appointed to, into a healthcare board. I'm already chair of a committee that deals with healthcare, but. Basically, I'm in it to try and figure out where we went wrong, because it really comes down to, I think, like, there's just too much fucking bureaucracy that gets in the way of real solutions to really serious problems. So my contention is to take this information very, very seriously and actually question for yourselves, for anyone listening, like, who do I truly trust in my life? And where have I burnt a bridge that I can potentially repair this bridge? If you want to. If you want to, of course. Right. Yeah. I don't want to just make it very generalized, but yeah, you know what I mean. If you go around repairing you know, bridges that you burnt down, then chances are your life's going to get more fucked up and not less. Yeah. Any bridge that would matter to you on a real like microfiber level. Um, I suggest you w- do the work. A lot of people just don't want to do the work. Cause- or be more decisive when you decide to burn fucking bridges. You know? Know what you're doing. Right. Like, hey, oh yeah, fuck that person. It's like, oh wait, no, I actually care about that person. And, you know, I know they care about me. And why would I treat them that way? And, you know, like, you can only do that so many times before they're not going to be rebuilding their side of it the next Mm -hmm. time you know like don't take people for granted in that sense but also it's like yeah if you know you're dealing with a piece of shit they treat you like they're a piece of shit and you know like blah 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 it's like that's not a bridge you have to worry about ever wanting to rebuild so don't look back it's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay to be an asshole dickheads you know like wise old man once said hey don't forget to be an asshole today there might be someone out there that's having a good day that doesn't fucking deserve it like and i'm not saying be an asshole to everybody but i'm saying right. you know i know what you're saying yeah, certain people be would be afraid to yeah. shit on somebody's birthday cake if they actually have it coming. <laughs> if, they're, if they're asking for it yeah yeah you know, or you could always just take what's been known as the high road and, um, just not let it, let, not let the assholes actually even get to you. Sure, but that, that, at Back a to the point, sticks and stones adage. At a certain point that, that turns into suffering and silence. For sure. Because, if it if know. it if it becomes a thing. Like if it's if it's just a casual stranger, obviously, like I know what you mean. You need to you need to maintain boundaries definitely, of some sort. Definitely pick your battles with those who if you're really having a gripe with, but um the 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 generalistic idea is that know who your friends are. Oh yeah. And cherish those friendships and the family relationships. Because generally speaking, in my in my experience when I'm when I catch myself acting like an asshole, it's usually to the people I love. Oh, yeah, I mean they tend to be the ones that you're around the most, and you're the most honest with. That's the problem. Yeah. And and that goes back to the sticks and stones maybe break my bones thing. Is like, yeah, if 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 you have a loved one that's having a hard day, they're going to look at you as a confidant or a, a vent. And sometimes even a punching bag, and it's not necessarily you that they're fucking angry with, but for a minute it might feel like that. And you know, if things get out of hand, it you know, it they might get things confused, but usually it's just them expressing themselves and getting it out and fucking you know, processing it, yeah. So Like, give them that space, because you're going to want it at some point, too. And that's, like, that exchange right there is, like, the big exchange between what is an actual friend and what isn't. You know, somebody that's willing to sit there and listen to your problems and give you feedback that's well thought out, well considered, and, you know, with your best interest in mind you know that's a true friend if you know if they're just like nodding and like oh yeah or you know just waiting to say their next piece or you know just like you know like everything that you mentioned like oh well should i do this and like oh yeah yeah no that sounds good you know like they don't fucking care and it's that's okay too like they just have too much shit in their own brains going on to Be empathetic. As long as they're not switching over to the apathetic side, they're still people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a culmination of individuals for sure and our individuality. We're just trying to coexist. It takes all kinds. Yeah. Really? All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for for coming out. I look forward to Sunday. 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 Sunday sounds good. Right on, man. I love you, sir. It's you, dude. Sorry, uh... I, uh, waylaid us a little bit. A little. No, dude, you're good. I think this was a good... This was a great session. Good I conversation. So, um... Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Um... But, yeah. You folks out there, I hope you're having a great day. And if you're not, I hope your day gets better. Cheers. Keep up hope. Keep your chins up. And... You know... Try and love one another as much as reasonably possible.